the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome to the show. This is another episode of The Boys of Tech. This one is episode 357 for Thursday, the 5th of November, 2015. My name is Edwin Herman, and on this midweek episode, I am joined by my co-host, Brett King. Hello. Hey, Brett. Good to have you on. Indeed. Have you remembered, remembered the 5th of November? Oh, yes. Guy Fawkes, for people in the, which countries do that, would be the Commonwealth, I, Commonwealth. I assume. Yeah. Does the United, the United States don't. No, do I that, don't do think they? they do Guy Fawkes. It's a British thing, isn't it? Yeah. Orig- well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, the Commonwealth. Yeah. What about Canada, though? Because they kind of got a foot in both camps on a lot of things. Well, I wonder isn't if, Canada part of the Commonwealth? They, well, they are, but they, they kind of are very Americanized. So I wondered whether they. Yeah, I know, think they probably do, do. I'll have to Google it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Guy Fawkes, have you got your fireworks or are you going to watch the public display? I'll watch the public display. Yeah, that's what we do as well. Yeah. I live in the city. I'm not going to set fire to the buildings around here. <laughs> I, you could go to the roof. Yeah, and still set fire to things. Hello, burning, <laughs> flaming things heading into the unclean gaps between buildings where birds have left nests and other sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah, true, true. fires. It is very, very silly thing to do, let fireworks off in an enclosed city space. Very responsible of you, Brett, to think Indeed. that way. I'm impressed. I'm not going to put people's lives in danger. <laughs> I'm impressed. Oh, by the way, I've Googled I'd much rather Canada. Watch the get... massively more spectacular fireworks oh, that yeah. are professionally put on down on the waterfront. Yeah, that we've paid for as part of, you know, as ratepayers in the city. Indeed. So, I'm yeah, I'm going to watch the most that. Of... Yeah, me too. Me too. Brett, I just Googled that Canada does celebrate Guy Fawkes, so there we go. Well, they would. Commonwealth. Yeah. All right, look, let's uh, look at our stories for this episode. Battery technology, here we go, here's a good one. Battery technology, hopefully, will be taking a step forward with some research out of Cambridge University. This is a prototype for a lithium air battery. Mm-hmm. 90% efficient, can be recharged more than 2,000 times, but more importantly, its energy density is comparable to that of petrol, or uh, known as gasoline in the United States. Actually, that's pro- there we go. There's an example, probably called gasoline in Canada, despite the fact that Canada is a Commonwealth country. This is what I was meaning just earlier. They, they sometimes act like Americans, and other times they act like the British. They kind of have a foot in, in both camps. Don't forget the French part. Oh, yeah, you're right, absolutely. But the, yeah, totally. In fact, in, in some areas of Canada, it's more French than, in fact, more French than the French, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, French is the, the, the national language in, what, half of Canada? Oh, I don't know about half, but I think it's, uh, I thought it was uh, 20% around that mark. Okay, 20%. But then but, you've uh, also got to remember yeah. that Canada is a very, very large and a large amount of it is sparsely populated. Populated. 
Yeah, all that's true up in the north. By the way, we should say hello and welcome to our Canadian listeners since we're talking about Canada a lot. Thank you. Hello Indeed. out there. And if How we're doing? doing things wrong, let us know. Yeah, please do correct us. And if you want to co-host we learn the show with us. from the internet. <laughs> that's right, exactly. And if you want to co-host a show with us, we'd love to have a Canadian co-host on at some point. How Indeed. about that? Maybe yeah. even a French-speaking one. Yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting because you know the traditional thing about the Canadian accent is everything's a boot. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what would Canadian, a French Canadian accent? Well, I was just going to go. How can there, you do fr- a boot in a French accent? Come well, on, Ed. You can, I want to hear it. <laughs> no, it's it has its own accent, and man, look, I'll, I struggle. I'll be honest with you. I can understand French being spoken by French people, by Swiss people, by even by African people. I struggle to understand what the Canadians are saying for two reasons. One is the accent, and the other one is, of course, they use uh, a version of like 1700s, 1800s French that is so outdated. So the words themselves <laughs> oh, are... outdated. Well, no, no, well sorry. Outdated. Uh, well, I, I should be careful what I say. Outdated <laughs> in terms of, uh, you know, in terms the language of in France. In pronunciation? In France, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's how the French used to speak, you know, in the 1700s and 1800s. And, of course, it hasn't changed so much. They've been a lot more, uh, what's the word? They've sort of protected the language a, a lot more and a lot more staunch about it. And so that, combined with the accent, makes it so hard to understand. And I, I for the Canadian listeners, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way at all. I'm just saying it like it is. So <laughs> it would be an interesting you know, experience. A, a lot of people around the world find the lazy Kiwi accent impossible to understand too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, <laughs> and there's people listening right now say, thinking, I, I just, these Kiwis, I, I can only get every second word they're saying. Uh, the accent is so, you know, as you said, Brett, lazy. Yeah. With our vowels in particular. But we have such a nice timber. Yeah, Tampa. Yeah, you could say you could say that. I guess <laughs> some of us do, some more than others. <laughs> Let's come back to this Cambridge University thing, though, and forget Canada for a second. Yeah, where we were going with this? Oh, yeah, that's right. The the, the thing I was going to uh, or mentioning last was the fact that the energy density, and never before has a battery reached this before. And I know this is just a prototype, but this prototype has an energy density comparable with petrol slash gasoline, whichever you mm. like to call it. That is, I think, uh, you know a place we want to be. Indeed. Finally, we might get a battery that allows an iPhone to last without charge for more than two days. Well, you know, you've just made me think of something. What if we were to create a petrol-powered iPhone? Right. <laughs> just because we could. <laughs> that might last more than, more, more than a day. Don't we already have petroleum-powered iPhones? Well, okay. Because how many, you know... Gas turbine power plants are in New Zealand producing the power that we use to charge our iPhones. Yeah, but you'd be surprised. And I, I thought it was 50%, but the metric is 80%. And I look, I can, I checked this because a, a member of the Green Party who I was talking to came out with a statistic and I thought they were wrong, but they're right. 80% of New Zealand's energy is from renewable sources. Ooh. I thought it was hydro. 50 Well, it, sorry? Probably mostly hydro. Yeah, I think it is actually, mostly hydro. Yeah. Uh, but wind, I had a look at the graph. Wind does make, you know, wind is not invisible on the graph. Mm-hmm. But Could uh, be better. We could be better with solar. It's one thing I noticed when I was going yeah. around, you know, traveling through Europe by train, is the, just the sheer number of solar cells everywhere. 
Just But you know what, even at a hundred even if you could get the theoretical hundred percent efficiency of solar, you need a lot of land for it. It's it's not something I'm particularly I, I think it works well as a, you know, in a multifaceted approach, are you? Oh, yeah, solely it's, it's great in a multifaceted approach, but, and but I, I don't think, think that's why they're doing it in Europe. Just the the sheer number right, of them. You right. see a tiny little village, and eighty percent of the houses in that village will be, you know, like 80, 90 years old, probably more, and the vast majority of them will have whatever the sunward facing side of their roof just covered in solar panels. Oh, they I see what you mean. Really yeah, on, old, on, run-down looking hay loft, you know, barns <laughs> <laughs> yep. that look like they're going to fall over in a breath of wind and an entire side of the roof will be, <laughs> an entire side of a sagging roof will be covered in solar panels. Yeah, it I was, was that's really good. Everywhere. That, that is, and it's yeah, like that is, they're that is really, really putting good. some effort into, you know, yep. supplementing their use of, non-renewable energy with renewable energy and it will be benefiting those houses and those communities directly we don't need to have you know massive solar stations like they keep talking about and keep you know throwing up in the air as the reason why oh we can't do this sort of thing with solar Mm. panels we'd need this huge amount of land to have that and it's like well how about some local supplementary you know supplementing power source by putting some more effort into solar panels on roofs and available surface spaces. <laughs> oh, you know, absolutely. And and that's kind of where it need, where I think it needs to be. And I agree with you with that. Um, yeah, I just sort of envisaged, envisaged uh, getting rid of wind farms and getting rid of hydro and putting these massive solar farms. And I think that's not going to work. No. And what you were talking about makes absolute sense. Mm. Indeed. And if you had batteries with the energy density that we're talking about here in this theoretical battery, you know, as well, they've made a working prototype. Yeah, that's that's pretty damn great. And it's a, you know, a massive leap forward in battery technology. And it's something that, as we've talked about so many times over the years, has been lagging behind with everything. We've got all of these massively fast computers and and everything else that are now fit into our wristwatch and we're powering them with batteries that need to be plugged in almost every night to to recharge we've just well, not you, you might had be, that but battery I'm, density I'm still, kept up you might be but i'm still on a dumb phone so it lasts 10 days yeah, <laughs> but I'm not most well, people. Now that I've upgraded to a, an iPhone 6s, it's pretty much every day. <laughs> yeah, well, see, my iPhone you... 4 used to be able to go two, three days before I needed to needed to plug it in. But this oh, one, okay. it, it's like one or two days. But don't forget, we covered this. Uh, I know you didn't do the ep- the last episode with us, but the um, the Facebook app has uh, has been draining the batteries, and they. I don't oh, know if yeah, they but have I had the Facebook or, app or, on, on my previous phone too. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. I, I have um, pondered deleting the Facebook app. <laughs> they do recommend deleting the Facebook app and just bookmarking the mobile site. Right, right. <laughs> okay, Brett, anyway, uh, back to this lithium, lithium air battery. Uh, there's Indeed, a lot of work it, they reckon to it, do yeah, still. What is it, but, still like a decade or something before they'll have yeah. something which is you know, usable? Um, yeah, yeah. But, it's but it does mean hey? we're that much closer to robo-seats, power armor, and stuff. 
because that's another thing which has been lagging behind. You know, you see all of the, we, we talked about a few or quite a number of episodes ago, you know, power armor suits for the military, the, the augmentation. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. You know, strength augmentation, speed augmentation, that sort mm. of thing. Um, uh, but one of their big drawbacks has once again been Battery, power. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, power, it's been, it's because been of the power yeah. consumption that would be needed, and this is the kind yeah. of energy density that you need in in a it's battery unlock, to run that yeah, sort of I mean, thing. It's going that's to, the thing. Yeah. Once once we get there, it's going to unlock a whole heap of options for us. Mm. One of the breakthroughs that allowed this advancement possible was the creation of fluffy carbon electrodes. <laughs> Oh yeah, I love the word <laughs> fluffy. It's fluffy. Fluffy, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the the electron microscope picture of it, they do look like meringues. That's what I was thinking. Yes, yes, they, uh, that's exactly what I thought as well. <laughs> it, they looked exactly like meringues to me. In fact, I, I thought that's what the picture was when I first yeah. glanced at it. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe um, it is. Maybe it is. You know, it's some um, carbon meringue. <laughs> now All it's right, just let's move me on. Hungry. To, uh, yeah, well, let's move on to the next story then before that happens. Interesting research out, and I agree with this, that uh, cars with features that talk to you, such as, you know, GPS directions or even phones that you you know, you know use in your car. <laughs> Need to know when to li- shut up. <laughs> Absolutely. Should <laughs> listen to the driver more. And, you know, think about this, you know, you've, we've all been in a situation where you're using the GPS in a car and a turn-by-turn feature, and it's, it's just blurting them out, you know, at 300 metres on the left, do such and such or whatnot, you know, and you're in the middle of this complex maneuver or intersection and it's just not the right time. And you feel like saying, look, later, later, just indeed, let it, you know, <laughs> sh- shut up. <laughs> right now uh, I'm watching a- this person attempt to merge and wondering whether or not they're colliding into me. Exactly. Okay, now, now when am I when am I supposed to turn? Yeah, exactly. Now, what were you going to say? <laughs> and and that's where they need to go next. And this is some research, PhD research from uh, a student called Jessica Villing, a linguistics researcher at the University of Gothenburg in Sweden. And uh, look, I agree with this. I've been in that situation, and I, mm. I think, you know, it can be a little distracting for it to be just blurting things out because you know you're not going to necessarily get that instruction again for a while. Indeed. And so you're, you're competing, you know, yep. or it's you're competing then going, for your okay, attention. You're, when am I turning? What am I turning? And then you then have to distract yourself by looking at your GPS or, you know, engaging with it in some way so that it retells you the information. And... Anything which distracts you, which adds to the, you know, the the mental load that is placed on you when you are driving and should be focusing your entire cognitive capabilities on the act of driving, anything that distracts you from that is incredibly detrimental. Especially when I they've think- had that that research that came out that said that it takes you like almost 30 seconds to regain yeah. your focus on the act of driving if you have interacted with Siri or, or, or something like that. And mm. I would say it's probably exactly the same, if not longer, if you've interacted with somebody else in your car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I that's mean, I 30 think easy- seconds where a dog could run out in front of you, 30 seconds that a car could merge poorly, all of these things. And we all know that it is split seconds decision-making about when to apply the brake, when to apply the accelerator, when to turn, that avoids accidents. Anything that distracts you for uh, half a minute is is negative. Yeah. 
And I think an easy fix, though, would be a, a voice command that we say quiet or wait or something or later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, ultimately it'd be nice if we can have some smarts in it where it somehow, and I haven't, you know, thought of this yet, and I guess that's what the challenge is for the big companies, to uh, to figure out when we're, when's, when's a good time and when's not a good time. When's a good time and when's not a good time. Yeah. I think having the driver initiate the request is a good idea. Yeah, but, would- no, but you, how do you know? I mean, you don't know when you have to turn next. That's the whole point. You're dri- it's giving you the direction. So you're driving along and you're just going, I'm going to go straight until it tells me to turn at the next intersection. So you, you, I know unless how you're going to go. Heads up what? display. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about those. I, Heads up display. That whole augmented reality thing. Uh, yeah. Follow yeah. the green dots on the road. Mm, mm, yeah. Uh, that can work. Because mm. then it can take into account all of the other objects as well. So you're following mm. the green dots on the road and then it's going, oh, it's time to slow down. There's the there's traffic signal. All mm. of the things which they're building into the smarts for um, self-driving cars, put them yep. into some augmented reality for, for people-driven cars to help the driver get the pieces of information. Well, you know what? I, I do I do wonder whether... Because that way Apple- it means it, it, when you're you know turning to talk to Siri or have just been distracted by the person sitting in the passenger seat and you didn't notice that you'd just passed the the um, speed sign which said you're now in a 50 zone, not a 100 zone. <laughs> Something will have alerted you to the fact that you have now entered a 50 zone. Well, you know what? I do wonder if that's what Apple's working on. They're, they're supposedly working on a project involving vehicles. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me if that's kind of the angle they're going to take, yeah, as opposed to building of going a self-driving, to self-driving car. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No augmented reality system. Complete speculation, but oh, I, I, it's just a very Apple thing, you know. So mm. I just thought maybe. All right, Brett. One more story, and then uh, we'll call it quits for the episode. Yamaha have built a robot. They calling it the Motobot. It can drive a motorcycle or ride an a motorcycle autonomously. And more importantly, and I think this is the key thing here, the motorcycle is an unmodified cycle. So in other words, all the intelligence and all the sensing and adjusting is in this robot. Yeah. I'm impressed. Which they just plonk in the seat, plug in its actuators and everything to the various handles and controls and then let it go. It sounds impressive. It sounds significantly less impressive when you see that they have to hold it upright and give it a push start and that it drives pretty slowly. It's not going to be running any motorcycle races anytime soon. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it's not like going to be a race speed. But the, the fact that, and yes, you're right, there has, it needs, you know, it doesn't have the, the ability to put its foot down and balance yet when it's mm. at a standing, uh, you know. But just thinking about the amount of, Oh yeah, the amount uh, I guess of engineering. The amount of engineering, the amount of engineering to control a motorcycle autonomously is significantly mm. more than is required to control a car autonomously. Mm. <laughs> because you've got to take into consideration all of those things about balance and all of the forces that uh, you know impact the vehicle and the the driver, this rather heavy robot sitting on top of the vehicle uh, when you're going into corners and everything like that. Oh, you don't yeah, have to worry exactly. about you, 
you really don't have to worry about that sort of thing in a in a car generally. Uh, no, that's right. And all that sort of stuff. Um, it's a lot simpler. Yeah, it's significantly simpler, mm. especially when you're talking about high speed motorcycles. Because then you you know you look at motorcycle racing, the motorcycles lean all the way over. <laughs> And oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. the rider is dragging their knee along the ground. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. Now, Yamaha showed this off at the Tokyo Motor Show uh, this year. Interestingly, it's kind of something I would expect from Honda, but here we go. It's Yamaha, which mm. kind of makes sense. I mean, they, you know. Well, Honda, make- Honda's got their Asimo and, and they're, they're working on their robot that walks well. Mm, that's the thing. And, and, and Yamaha and- is going, <laughs> yeah. Honda's got a walking bot. Let's make one that rides a bike. Because <laughs> we can. <laughs> Why well, not? Why you not? Know, you may as well. <laughs> hey, pizza delivery. There you go. Now nah, they'll pizza, put it in the car. It'd be safer. Yeah, but you can get in Actually, and out of no, traffic. What are we talking about? It'll be delivered by a drone. Drone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pinpoint accuracy. Of GPS. course. Of course. Absolutely. And, yeah. Why bother yeah. with cars and cycles? Delivery in 30 minutes or your money back. Yeah. Well, you might really have to, you know, stick, you know, they'll have to come up with a better way of containing the pizza in the drone to stop the sparrows and pigeons and everything else from getting at it while it's in flight. <laughs> I think it will still <laughs> be in the, its cardboard box. Stealing your drone and pizza at the same time. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't want that or causing it to crash to the ground. Yeah. And not causing recover. It to crash to the ground. <laughs> All right, Brett, look, before we digress too far, I don't know how we've gone to pizzas from the Motorbot, but anyway, we did. That's what we do here. Let's end Indeed, the show there, Brett. Digress. I want to thank you. Yeah, exactly. I want to thank you very much for co-hosting episode 357. Always a pleasure. Excellent. And we'll do it again another time. Until then, have yourselves a fantastic rest of the week. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.